0: Welcome to Books I Love and Hate. I'm your host, Gina A. Jones. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm going to be talking about a couple of different things. First of all, we're going to start out with themes that I don't like in books. I'm going to start out saying the billionaire themes. Yeah, these are getting a little overdone. It was okay at first, a few of them, that now it's just, it's just too much, too much. I think one reason why me, because of my age, I think when I think of the billionaires and the CEOs of this world, I see our grandfathers. Yeah, that's what I see. The baby boomers who are not going to step down. Nope, they're going to run the world forever. Yeah that's what I see. Picture this. An old man sitting behind the desk. He is a billionaire. He's the CEO of everything he calls his handler come in. Here's what he says. Francis, when I die, I want you to have my body stuffed and put behind this desk. And when my wife turns 30, make sure she's out and give me another 20-year-old. But sir, you'll be dead. That's no excuse. I will still be running this company after I'm dead. Oh, and make sure no millennials uh, climb the ladder. That'd be all Francis. Yeah. To me, that's the billionaires. <laughs> but hey, no, I don't hate all billionaires. In fact, I can honestly say this. No poor man ever gave me a job. But also, it's the, uh, the types of readers that read these and the authors. I think they're kind of uh, speaking out of both sides of the mouth. First of all, you have, okay, let's say the author. She's probably a part of the Me Too movement. I'm not saying anything there. Just saying she probably is. After she gets done writing these, you know, after I want to be, you know, dominated and I want to be a submissive and he's just a an asshole. And oh, I probably shouldn't say that. Okay, no, I'll cut that out. And then she goes, okay, that's all I have time for today. It's time for me to put on my vagina hat and go um, rally in the Me Too movement. Oh, I hope maybe I find a, a nice billionaire there. Yeah, that's what I see for the author. And as for the reader, I can just see them in line. You know, they've got their little signs up and down, you know, girl power, which that's fine. Girl power's great. You know, the little vagina hats. And they're talking about how, you know, corporate America's got to go. And then, oh, Susie, did you, like, get the new book out? yeah. It's really, you know, all the billionaires' books. Oh, I just love it. It's so, oh my God, it's just so hot. He's like a hot billionaire. And he's like, first of all, he's like really arrogant. And then, you know, after he sees me, he, just, he can't be that way no more. And then I just melt. I know he's just, oh, he's awful. But then I just, I can't help him when I see him. I just, oh, yeah. Okay. Two face. See what I'm getting at here? Yeah, we all know how they're going to start, we all know how they're going to end. And I guess if it's a fun read, but you know, if you read one, you read them all. Now, I recently read a book, and I should probably talk about this one in some other episode. It's called Jane Doe. And if you want to talk about girl power and corporate America and the double standard, yeah, you need to read this book because she exposes it all. Well, I'm not going to talk about that now because I'll talk about that some other time. So there you have it themes that I have issues with. And that was one minute inside Gina's head. Now, on to a book I love. My Life as a Country Album by L.J. Evans. Oh, it's so sweet. I loved it. I laughed. I cried. I cried more. I laughed. It was just... It was a great book. It was so full of connections, and the characters were so real, and I think what I really loved about this book is I could connect in so many ways. First of all, as Cam, or Candom, or Cammy, Depending on how somebody used her name is how she responded to them. The story starts out with her being, even actually before she's born, but we get to know Cam as a little girl she reminds me of Scout from To Kill a Mockingbird. She's a tomboy. And Jake, who lives, they share a backyard, a treehouse, is three years older, and they're like best friends, best buds. And she just follows him everywhere, kind of like Jem and Scout in To Kill a Mockingbird. The narrator, Sarah Puckett, oh, she did such an amazing job. I mean even progressing the ages as Cam grows older even her voice when she did Cam in the little girl years reminded me of Scout you know kind of like my god where does them old dress for yeah that was uh, scout so you have Jake and Cam best buddies best friends sharing a backyard sharing a treehouse even their parents they tease about how someday there's going to be a white wedding there the two children play, um, hold hands, sticky popsicle fingers, play ball, they're just everything. And how this, this is how I connect with this. Because when I was a little girl, I had a little friend, little Stevie Anderson. And Mr. Jones, if you're hearing this, you are always be my rock star. Yeah, now Stevie Anderson plays bass in our church. But anyway, Stevie Anderson was. My best friend, and I was the biggest tomboy ever. I mean, I would even spend the night at his house. He spent at my house. And what I really liked about him, he had the coolest toys. I mean, he had the Steve Austin van and the Steve Austin doll. And for those of you who don't know who Steve Austin is, he was a $6 million man. Yeah, I wanted to be the $6 million man, but I was a girl and I couldn't be. So, So that's how I feel I connect, because not that I was romantically, even, I don't know, I think it was probably about 10, I didn't feel romantic for him, like Cam did with Jake. It's just that you want their attention. When they start noticing other girls, you're jealous because you don't have the attention. It's not because of a romantic thing. It's hard to explain. And sometimes I used to think of Stevie, like, Stevie, why would you even like her? Because she's so prissy and like a girl. And I don't think he ever really got what he said. So So that's how my connection is with that. Growing up in a small town, we played ball, riding our bikes, getting candy at the store. It was just full of just good memories, good wholesome memories for me growing up. I love it when a book can take you somewhere, take you back someplace the time of your life. I think that's when you you sit there and you're reading, you're smiling, you're going, Yes, 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 I remember, I remember. The young Jake and Cam years were a lot like me and Stevie Anderson. It was just it's so real. Everything is just that's the way it is. That young, wholesome, innocent, first love. I guess we can think of that as first love. Well, then comes the teen years. Okay, Jake is three years older. They're still buds. They still hang out. And now he's starting to become the, the big football player. Now Cammy has to share him with the team and other people and other girls. You know, with him being a freshman and her being sixth grade, I mean, yeah, it's only like three years apart, but still in that realm... Just not doable. Now she's forced to suffer this. She's seeing Jake getting hormones and noticing girls. Girls that have things that she doesn't have. She is getting less and less of his attention. I can connect with that too. I think when I was a teen, now all of a sudden you're you're in this awkward age, like you don't really want to, you know start having to be prissy and wear makeup and, you know, make your outfits look right. You just wish sometimes you can go back to being simple where you didn't even remember a time when you never wore makeup and you were just comfortable and happy. And now we see Cammie starting to have to go through these metamorphoses and how to get Jake's attention without being a girl, because she says that I want his attention, but not as a girl. And I think I understand where she's coming from in my own sense, because there's a time where, okay, now I need to start being like a girl and that's going to be hard. But I did, I did turn into a girl. So, okay. Then we have Cammy now as a teen and Jake is in his senior year and things are starting to look different. There's this moment in the book and I loved it. In fact, I'm going to play a recording of it that I had to read to you. Where she is in his bedroom. They're just hanging out, laying in bed. They just had a nap. I mean, there's no sexual stuff going on there. They realize that he's got to get ready for his graduation. And they overslept. So he jumps up, strips down to grab a pair of pants. And she just, like, looks at him. She's like, okay, fine, we're doing this. So she strips down to her little undies and panties. All of a sudden, he sees her like, oh, my God, she's a girl this is the perfect moment. Listen to this. Now I'm going to play you a little recording of me reading this, my, one of my favorite parts. And trust me, I will not do it justice as Sarah Puckett did. And I'll talk about Sarah later. Take a listen. You were standing there in your boxers. They were really cute boxers with footballs on them. You didn't even seem to think about having done it because you were pulling a pair of slacks off a hanger trying to hurry. But I froze, staring at you. You didn't see me still as a statue, until I somehow breathed out, "Geez, Jake! You barely glanced my way. It's not like you haven't seen me in my swim trunks, Cam. But God, did you look incredible. Way different in your underwear than in your swim shorts. I don't know why. I had seen you in your swim trunks a million times. But these were thinner, clinging to parts of you that made my heart spin like a top, and other parts of me jumped to attention. Maybe it's because we'd just woken up from a heady midday sleep. Maybe it's because I knew you were leaving me. All I knew was that that very moment, right then, was a life-changing moment. I could feel it right down to my toes. What did I do? Would I ever back down from that kind of a challenge? I shrugged ever so nonchalantly and said, Fine, I'll change too and I stripped down to my brown panties before bending to pull out my little black dress from my bag. You stopped, dead still at the sight of me and my lingerie. You had one foot in your slacks and nearly fell over. My heart flipped again, and I was happy as hell that I put on my I'm-wishing-for-something-more undies that morning. I swear, your expression was worth way more than the $80 I've worked out of my own money to buy them so my mama wouldn't know that I had this set that all but screamed sex. I pretended to fuss my zipper on the dress while you stared. I was still trying hard to act like I didn't care, but every single nerve in my body was standing at attention, definitely not asleep anymore. Finally, you dropped your pants and said, ''Shit, Cammie, you're beautiful.'' And you called me Cammie, so I knew you wanted my attention. I looked up into your mosaic eyes... "'and it was like a million stars bursting into existence. "'I'm not sure which one of us moved, "'but I was in your arms, "'and you were smothering me with kisses, "'good kisses, kisses that moved my heart "'right unto my throat "'and made every part of me turn into little fireflies of light. "'They weren't like Matt's kisses, "'which had been gentle and soft. "'These kisses were intense, "'like your eyes and demanding, "'like you needed to get every little breath "'that you could out of my body.' "'You had one hand on the back of my neck "'and the other was on my bare back "'near the top of my panties "'and when you moved that hand "'to caress the top of the silk, "'I felt every breath inside me evaporate. "'I felt like I had come home, "'like this was the only place "'I have ever supposed to be. "'I don't know how long we stood like that, "'locked in a kiss so powerful "'that I didn't know what was going to be left of me "'when it was done, "'but somehow you came to your senses "'before I did.' Maybe you had more experience stopping yourself. Lord knows I wouldn't have ever stopped. You pushed me away and ran a hand through your dark hair, and I knew right there and then you were going to apologize. I could see it written all over your face, like you were guilty of stealing the last moon pie, but I wasn't going to let you. I would have jumped your bones right there and then if your mama hadn't saved me by knocking on the door. Everything okay in there? We both scrambled for our clothes, and you shout out in a somewhat normal voice that we were just coming down. Thank God she didn't come in, but I still sent her a silent thank you for keeping you from having a chance to apologize aloud. I just love this moment. Don't we all wish we can have that moment when somebody finally sees us as a beautiful woman? Yeah, and she knew what she was doing, too. She played that great. I loved it. Okay, now, what I loved about this part is there's that last summer. Jake is going to be going to college, but they have a few couple months here where they realize that, hey, it's me and you, we're gonna, we're gonna do this. So now things change. They are now a couple. The rules are so different. Even with their parents. I mean, before the parents were like, oh, they're just good old friends. Now they're boyfriend and girlfriend. Even with Cam and Jake, they start feeling differently. She notices now that he doesn't just tease around with her like he used to. And she doesn't know if she likes it this way. Like they always say, good friends should never get together romantically. But sometimes things are different. So they have this last few months before he goes off to college. Again, here we have another Pivotal point. Jake is in college. He's not the captain of the football team or the quarterback but because he's a freshman, but he's going to be up and coming. He's had many scouts after him. But we're back to more girls. They decide to stay as friends and Cammy starts to date other guys, but her and Jake always still stay close. Then we have some health issues with Jake that's going to be a life changer for him, for Cam, for everyone. So basically, he's going to make some changes in his life. Cam's going to be there to support him. And now by this time, Cam is off to college. She's been an amazing swimmer. She's going to succeed in her sports and needs. And he's going to support her. And we we're kind of back in this romantic friends thing again. And now everybody just has to learn to grow with them. And I think at this point, I felt like maybe I was out of the woods with these two characters. How's this all going to work? Life happens. The purpose of the story is to, to show that there are different happiness and life is not always going to be what we want it to be. But yet, you can still learn to breathe again. This book, instead of having chapters, they're all named after a song. And like, how cool is that? I mean, what an awesome idea. The author is a very big Taylor Swift fan. So I had to stalk her. I said, Hey, what's going on here? I'm reading this book. I'm loving it. Can you give me some feedback? Or what was your inspiration for this? And here's the really cool thing. Because she told me the story how her and her daughter were going to a Taylor Swift reg concert. The next few weeks, they would put the Taylor Swift songs in and put them on shuffle. And as she was going to work, stuff like that, she heard the song, "Mary Song. And all of a sudden, the story just came to her. And her characters, Cam and Jake... They were invented She couldn't get out of her head So she had to start writing again When she was younger, she used to write a lot, she told me But, you know, life happens You have kids, you have jobs, you put away Being an author myself, I know how it is I know how it feels When you have characters in your head That are haunting you Breaking your heart Making you cry, making you laugh And you want everybody else to see that You just do You want people to see what's in your head so she did. She went ahead. She had a friend who told that she needs to get this book published. And she did it. It has won awards. Impressive. And I'm not surprised. They won the Author Networks A Book of the Year in 2017. Also! Awesome! And was a finalist in National Indie Excellence Awards in 2018. And the next two books in the series have also been finalists. How amazing is that? I mean, your debut novel, and you're already an award-winning author. Great job! She says that Taylor Swift changed her life. And I can totally see that, because this is another thing that's amazing. This is something her and her daughter will always have as a connection. Like, hey, Mom, remember that time we went to a Taylor Swift concert, and all of a sudden you wrote a book, and, and it won all these awards? It's like, oh my gosh, that's like... Amazing Yes, that's just oh give me a moment. For clumped. I got dried up. I'm getting goosebumps. Anyway, I just love this story. And another thing, this book is excellent for young girls, mothers, daughters. And I think this book needs to be a Hallmark movie. I really do. It just there's so many things that people could connect with it. Connect with life, connect with your your youth. If you're if you have a daughter who's like struggling in her, you know, growing older and loving a boy, you know, I think she should listen or read this book because she'll find out that she's not that weird and that really is how life is for some people. Just love it. Amazing job. Clap. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Now, I have one suggestion for you, Miss Evans. Get some royalty free intro extra music in there. Yeah, something Taylor Swift y. We need that. Okay, that's all I have time for today for books I love and hate. Today's My Life as a Country album by L.J. Evans. I'm your host, Gina A. Jones. Until next time, remember, it's a long way to the top.